Matthew Barzal sits out and the Islanders fall to the Flames 4-1. to one. We have our key takeaways from that. Plus, we try to address why are the Islanders so inconsistent. We'll have that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss as the road trip ended with a 4-1 loss to the Flames. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've talked about, or maybe you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of Locked On Islanders, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so Join me for instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time, or any time. Also, check us out on YouTube. We've always got some interesting polls, and of course, you could watch this podcast in addition to just listening to it, so feel free to check us out over there. Only one game over the weekend for the Islanders, a disappointing 4-1 win, uh, 4-1 to loss, rather, to the Flames. They go 1-3 and three on the road trip. And again, what we saw on the ice was a disappointing first period. Now, look, let's start with this. Before the game even started, the Islanders get bad news at the last minute. Matthew Barzal sits out this game, tweaked something in warm-ups. They described it as a lower body injury. He is day-to-day, but, you know, That tells us so little because every player who's injured on the Islanders is day-to-day. They end up getting placed on IR sometimes. So take the day-to-day with whatever grain of salt you want to take it. The big problem, though, again, is that the Islanders get off to a very slow start. And they fall behind 2-0 in the first six minutes and five seconds of the game. 3-0 with five and a half minutes roughly left in the period. And, okay, 
you know, the coaching staff made a point of this, and I think there is some truth to it. But realistically, they didn't play as badly, theoretically, as they did in their other losses on this road trip in the first period. They were not dominated. They didn't look particularly sharp, don't get me wrong, but they weren't dominated. Uh, Here's what Lane Lambert had to say. The results weren't great. I didn't think we started the game bad. There were just some individual turnovers that ended up in the back of of our net. We didn't start the game bad. They just scored three goals on five shots. And I think there's some truth to that. I don't think the Islanders were chasing the puck as much as they did in the other games of this road trip. I don't think they were getting outskated as badly. (coughs) Excuse me. But the problems continued as far as this team not getting much offense together, not being able to really go into the offensive zone and either skate the puck in with some speed, which obviously without Matthew Barzal is going to be even tougher, or forecheck and get the possession of the puck back and and, and start your attack from there. Obviously, the fact that Varlamov was coming back after uh, the last six, seven games in a row were started by Sorokin and Varley was injured, the rust was there and it showed. Um, You know, giving up for the game, you know, first of all, what was it? Three goals and five or six shots in the first period, Twenty. Uh, one shots faced overall and giving up four goals in that. That's an 8-10 save percentage. Not going to get it done. A couple of those goals were goals that had Varlamov been playing, you know, regularly, even the one out of every two or three games that he's usually playing these days. I think he would have stopped at least one more of those. But overall, if you don't have Matthew Barzal, you're hurting for offense. I mean, this team is kind of hurting for offense as it is. Zach Parise got the only goal of the game. And here's another thing that kind of bothered me. You know, coming into the game, you don't have, even if it is just, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes before the game starts, you don't have Matthew Barzal, your best, most dynamic offensive player. So who's going to pick up the slack? Well, you got to think it's Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. Those would be the two most prominent, and maybe J.G. Pajot. Those are the guys you think, okay, no Matthew Barzal. These are the guys who are going to have to pick up the slack and shoot the puck. Okay. J.G. Pajot, one shot on goal. Anders Lee in this game, one shot on goal. Brock Nelson in this game, no shots on goal. Again, these are your top forwards. These are the guys who you're counting on to to get production from when they aren't producing. You know you've got an issue. And yeah, Bavillier led all Islanders with four shots on goal, and Dobson had three, and Zach Parise, and Matt Martin, and Josh Bailey had three, but too many of the Islanders' top forwards just not getting enough done offensively, and that is sort of a recipe for problems. So 
the power play again, not getting it done, giving up more quality chances than they're creating. That is continuing to be an issue for this team. And just an uneven effort all the way around. Uh, not as glaringly bad as the first periods have been, but boy, it is time for this team to regroup, get home, hopefully get healthier, and we'll have updates on that uh, on Twitter and tomorrow and, and every show you know, going forward. As soon as we know something about the return of an injured Islander player, we'll let you know, but this team's inconsistency has been maddening and uh, it is something that really needs to be fixed as soon as possible. Defensively, I think the Islanders were okay. They didn't give up too many high-quality scoring chances. The goals that came were, you know, a couple of them were on tough angles, uh, but they didn't create great scoring chances. I think the Islanders had a grand total of maybe four shots from high danger areas all game long. Four chances all game against the Calgary Flames. You aren't winning when you have four shots from high danger areas. The Flames, on the other hand, had about six or seven, but, you know, two of them went in. And the two that went in were on bad angles, but you, you can't Look, the Islanders didn't quit, they didn't get discouraged, they didn't give up, but, you know, you can't afford to keep giving up leads early in games, and that's a problem this team is going to have to fix. One other note, by the way, Islanders, uh, Atu Ratu, who ended up playing didn't have a shot on goal either, and you would have hoped he would have picked up some of the offensive slack. Ratu would have been a scratch had Matthew Barzal been healthy and been able to play. So keep that in mind that right now, Atu Ratu's tryout tenure here, his you know call-up with the Islanders probably coming to an end shortly, as soon as Kyle Palmieri and or uh, Matthew Barzal return to the lineup. We have got more to get to on today's show. We're going to answer a listener email trying to nail down why this team is so inconsistent. We've got that, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I didn't want to have to take five, six, seven pills to get the nutrition that I need every day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So we have a a listener email. This one comes from Gail in Westchester County. Thank you for the wonderful podcasts. I really enjoy them and your Twitter feed. So nice that you were willing to engage with Islander fans and share your insights. I've been thinking a lot about the Islanders team. On the one hand, I think they show flashes of true greatness. I love how they are such a connected team and always have each other's backs and everyone contributes their talents. On the other hand, they run so hot and cold. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about what is going on with them. Why do you think they are either having an on night showing focused determination, fluidity, and speed, and other nights they are all over the place scrambling to maintain possession of the puck? Doing a deeper dive, what the heck is going on here? Is, there, is this a confidence issue, or perhaps they simply lose focus? The most challenging opponents the team faces, they are laser-focused and often in top form, but then struggle when facing a lower-ranked team. Is this psychological, emotional, jet lag, too much partying? The team is too old, too young? I don't believe this is about a lack of talent. What is your take, Gail, in Westchester County? Gail, first of all, thank you so much for the email and it's a great question and I like the way that you phrased it. Inconsistency. I I, I can point to a lot of different things. I don't think there's just one issue. I think injuries right now are part of it but when you look back over the course of the season even when everyone was healthy in you know this team had consistency issues so I think injuries have made it worse lately but it's not the simple cause. I think, Gail, you're right when you talk about this team has each other's back, that everyone tends to contribute, although some of the players themselves tend to be inconsistent. Guys like Anthony Bevilier, for example, come to mind, where for three games in a row, he'll be really noticeable and play really well, and then he'll go five or six games where you're like, wait, did Bo play last night? Because I don't remember him doing anything in particular that stood out. Uh, So I think there is some of that. I think that the fact that they have a rookie head coach in Lane Lambert is also part of it. People can criticize Barry Trotz for the style of hockey he plays, for the fact that it's not the most exciting thing to watch. You could talk about a lot of things. But Barry Trotz did and does know how to motivate a team and have them play within a system. I think that is something that Lane Lambert is still kind of adjusting to and learning 
in his first season as an, an NHL head coach. And yeah, he knew the players and he knew the system that, you know, Barry Trotz played. But it's one thing to be the number two guy, uh, the assistant, and it's another thing to put your stamp on a hockey team. So I think for Lane Lambert, there is a bit of a learning curve. And when you go from a guy who is very experienced and very respected and has seen everything as a head coach in the NHL, in Barry Trotz, even though the guys knew and respected Lane Lambert, he doesn't have the same cachet yet that Barry Trotz did. So I think part of it is the coaching change and adjustments to the tweaks that Lane Lambert made and adjustments to and by Lane Lambert. Uh, this team, in order to win, I think the other part of it is this. You, you said you don't think it's a talent thing. I think it is a talent thing. Not that this team isn't talented, but that they don't have enough pure offensive talent to consistently go out there. There's no one player on this team that you can pencil in and say, you know what, if I'm coaching the opposition, I have to stop this guy. I have to change my game plan. You know, if you're facing Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or Alexander Ovechkin, uh, you know if you don't, they're going to get their chances, they're going to get their shots, but you've got to minimize it. And sometimes, you know, there's a guy like that, you hold him to one goal and you feel we did our job and we should win this hockey game. Matthew Barzal is dynamic, and he's had that five-game goal streak coming in. He's certainly improving as a shooter and as a, a guy who's thinking a little bit more about shooting first, but he's not a sniper. And Anders Lee and Brock Nelson are both capable of scoring 30 goals in a year, but they're not pure snipers. They're, they're secondary guys, and I still think the lack of a go-to goal scorer plays into the Islanders' inconsistency because in order to play well, you're asking that like three or four guys who are not consistent offensively have an on night. And defensively, you need all 18 skaters to be not be passengers, to, to be active in playing that positional defensive game. The one thing about the Barry Trotz system, and Lane Lambert is still running it, even though he has tweaked it a little bit, it requires all hands on deck. And I think that, you know, needing everybody to do their job just right makes it easier for one or two guys to have an off night and the system breaks down and they don't have the offensive firepower to necessarily overcome it. As far as age goes, because Gail, you did bring that up as well. I think age has to do with it, but not maybe in the way a lot of people initially would think. I think age has to do with, number one, I think it has a little something to do with the injuries this team is going through. That older players, and uh, you know, I think more of your Palmaries and your Clutterbucks and your, uh, your Varlamovs, they tend to get injured a little more easily than younger players, and they tend to need a little bit more time to recover when they do get hurt. And that hurts the team's depth. And maybe older players will struggle a little bit more on back-to-backs, although the Islanders t have tended to play better 
in the second half of back-to-backs than they have in the first. So I, I think the age thing is only a slight reason for it, but I think a lack of team speed, a lack of elite offensive talent, and the fact that everybody needs to do their job defensively exactly right in this system makes it easier for things to get off track a little bit, and that's a big reason for the inconsistency we see on the Islanders. What do you think about that? Hey, feel free, send us an email, comment on YouTube, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to read some of these comments. Uh, Love to hear what you think as to why the Islanders have been so inconsistent this season. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, a defenseman who was with the team in the mid-2000s and is still active in professional hockey. We've got that and some final thoughts about this team coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, pro and college, soccer, and of course the National Hockey League. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you could even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Look, Islanders returning home now. Do you think that'll help them as they take on the Dallas Stars tomorrow night? Check out the odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 32nd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Kevin Churchman. The Port Elgin, Ontario native, 6'3", 195 pounds, pretty good size, undrafted, had three really good seasons at Lake Superior State University, and then joined the Islanders at the end of the 2013-14 season when uh, the college hockey season ended. Played 13 games for the Isles, had two assists and 14 penalty minutes, was with Bridgeport for most of the next season, and actually the next two seasons before being sent down to the Manitoba Moose. The Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins played two games with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2020-2021, was in the Wild organization last season, and this year is in Finland, where he is playing professionally as we speak. So Kevin Churchman, a big, rangy defenseman, kind of one of those guys who is very good in the AHL and kind of a fringe NHL player, but had some good moments with the Isles. We go back and look at one of his better games with the team, March 25th, 2014, at the PNC Arena in Raleigh, Islanders with Anders Nielsen in goal against the Carolina Hurricanes, led by Cam Ward, and it was the Islanders getting on the board quickly, and they chase Cam Ward out of the game. Colin McDonald gets the scoring started, 339 into this contest. 
Thomas Hickey, Ryan Strom with the assist, 1-0. Isles, Cal Clutterbuck increases the Isles lead to 2-0. His 11th from Josh Bailey and Travis Hamanick at 5:26, And then about 40 seconds later, Colin McDonald is second of the game, eighth of the year. Calvin DeHaan and Travis Hamanick, the assist at 6-12. Islanders. That was it for Cam Ward. Anton Kudobin comes in to replace him. The Islanders score on him as well. Matt Martin, his sixth. From our Islanders' birthday of the day, Kevin Churchman and Thomas Hickey for Churchman, his first career NHL point. But can't keep the Hurricanes down all game. Johan Sundstrom off for delay of game. And Jeff Skinner scores on the ensuing power play for Carolina. His 27th from Andre Latonyov and Jay Harrison. That made it 4-1. to one. And Latonyov scores again. His first uh, goal of the game. Sixth of the year. Yuri Tulusti and Brett Bellamore with the assist. 4-2 Isles after one. In the second period... A penalty by our Islanders' birthday of the day, Kevin Churchman, another delay a game call. Alexander Semin, his 22nd, Jordan Stahl and John Michael Lyles at 242. That 4-0 lead whittled down to 4-3, but Matt Martin gets his second of the game, 7th of the year, Ryan Strom and Colin McDonald, the assist at 1657. Nathan Gerby answers for the Canes, his 16th from Jordan Stahl and Ron Hainsey, but that's all she wrote. Islanders hold on to a 5-4 win, 24 saves for Anders Nielsen to earn the win. But for Kevin Churchman, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he was a plus one. He had his first career NHL point with the assist, six penalty minutes, and one shot on goal in 14 minutes and 47 uh, seconds of action. So, Kevin Churchman, 32 years old today, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we wish him all the best playing in Finland this season. And who knows, maybe he comes back to North America at some point. Islanders are back home, and they have a chance right now to hopefully get some points on this five-game homestand. So the four-game road trip, not what we needed, one and three, hoping to get at least four, maybe five points. They got two. But the schedule isn't easy. And four of these five games are against teams that would make the playoffs if the season was over now. You got the Dallas Stars. And we'll do a special crossover episode tomorrow uh, with Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars to get another perspective on the Islanders and to preview the game. You got the Minnesota Wild, the Montreal Canadiens, the Washington Capitals, and the Boston Bruins. So not an easy homestand, but hopefully a good one coming up for the New York Islanders. And of course, we'll be here to preview every one of those games uh, for you on Locked On Islanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for today's episode of Locked On Islanders. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe again tomorrow. Crossover episode with Locked On Dallas Stars, so join us for that. And of course, let's go Islanders.